All right. Welcome, everybody, to Kings and Priests. This is, um, man, this is episode, well, I guess, two, if we're numbering them. Yeah, we had a, we hit a bit of a, a preview episode. Yeah. Um, my name is Michael, and I'm here with Dean Sweetman. And uh, Dean, why don't you just give us just a quick, like, 10-second, this is what this podcast is. This is what the goal of this uh, thing the is. The goal of this podcast is to cultivate and encourage people of faith to either start businesses or grow businesses. And so we want to be a place of encouragement, of insight. Um, we're going to have some great interviews. We're going to talk about our experiences. I'm going to talk about my experience. And hopefully that encourages and really, you know, builds that kind of sense of desire for people of faith mm-hmm. to go out there into the marketplace and grow a, an incredible business that can ultimately serve and give back to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about all kinds of businesses, right? Yep. From startups to lifestyle businesses. Maybe what's the difference? Um, yeah. All of all the above. Let's let's yeah. talk about hundred thousand dollars to multi billion dollars businesses. So there you go. We, we yep. covered everything. Everything in between. <laughs> what I love about um, kind of the heart behind this too is, and what I love about the heart behind um, you know your business is kind of just the generosity aspect, yep. right? Um, what it exists for, what it exists to serve. And it does all go back to the kingdom of God. And that's kind of uh, a thesis that we're probably going to repeat over and over on this podcast is not just building businesses and or wealth for wealth's sake, um, but doing it for the purpose of building the kingdom of God. Um, All that to say, we just this last week saw a Barna report come out and we'll link to this um, in the show notes, but uh, pretty, um, I don't know if alarming is the right word, but essentially, it's it, it, yeah, it's a bit alarming. So basically, I guess the top line is uh, among Christian adults in the U.S. Um, el- uh, in the U.S., uh, elders are over twice as likely as boomers to report donating ten percent of their income to a church. Boomers are three times as likely as millennials. So ninety five percent of Christian millennials uh, say that they do not tithe to a church or a nonprofit, uh, and only one percent of millennials say that they tithe to a church that's down from 7% um, from elders. So I know that brings up a lot of conversation about what, what's happening. Yeah. Um, you know, I wonder what the numbers are around millennials giving to non-faith based nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. as the millennials in general, this a generalization have become disillusioned mm-hmm. with, you know, kind of institutional type of church evangelicalism, mm-hmm. Um, throw everything in the bucket there. There's a diminishing, um, kind of audience, you know, of millennials going to church. And sometimes they drift back when they have kids, but they're having kids later. They're getting married later. And so they come to church back maybe in their thirties. And by then maybe they're Mm -hmm. shoot 15 years out of church and you're out of the habit and you're in the grind Mm -hmm. and your mortgage and you're doing kids and that. So look, I, I think there's a lot of layers to the issue. Bottom line is, mm-hmm. um, giving in the U.S. alone in the church, you know, ministry space has been pretty consistent over the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. It mirrors a little bit mm-hmm. the economics of the of the moment, um, but mm-hmm. I, it doesn't surprise me that boomers are making up, you know, increasingly the bigger percentage of, mm-hmm. of that money donated. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we've got some issues, you know, in the church. A reaching millennials. Yep. Uh, and, right. and the younger generations, of course. Um, and then, yeah, I've got to have some real discussions about what the Bible says and is the Bible our bottom line. Yeah. 
And if it is, right, you have to be obedient to what the Bible says about stuff. It, if it isn't, you can make things up right. and, and fit Jesus into your kind of worldview. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there are, um, and this is a really broad, I don't want you to give a broad generalization, but would you say that you think a lot of pastors um, maybe, I don't want to use the word scared, but maybe don't talk yeah. about tithing? 100% either as much as or in the way that they should, right? Yeah, they're 100%. And so maybe there's just some bad discipleship yeah. around. Yeah, around no, that. it's all fear. I mean, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you teach a Bible truth? I think it, and it's not just about money. You talk about sexuality and gender and kind of all the stuff, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, I think it's changing, to be fair. I think there mm-hmm. was probably, a, mm-hmm. you know, the, the seeker-sensitive church for the last 20 years, I think we're just about done with that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as a pastor for, mm-hmm. you know, years, I, I, I wove in and out a lot of different trends around yep. church presentation and, yep. and the like. Um, but I think that that era of wanting to, and I'm going to be general, water down, mm-hmm. dumb down, mm-hmm. simplify, let's have mm-hmm. you know, 58 minutes, you know, services so people yep. can get in and out and get back on with mm-hmm. their lives. Let's make the barrier to entry as low as let's possible. Make it as low as possible. And yep. we've got a lot of people in, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. the fruit of that seems now that we mm-hmm. don't have very committed people or people who don't understand scripture. And they were there for something right. else other than um, trying to live their life according to what the word of God says. So here we are. Um, I think mm-hmm. there's a new generation and that are mm-hmm. preaching truth in a very smash mouth, in your face way. And I've yep. that. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the, maybe the turning of the ship, hopefully when it comes, not just to right. generosity, but all, all the kind of the social things that are facing the church right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear your perspective. One thing when I, the first thing too, that, that I thought when I saw this was, um, you know, there's been this talk. So I graduated college in 2008, like right in the middle of the financial right. crisis, as did everybody that yep. I, and there's kind of been this, uh, like longstanding, um, idea of like failure to launch of the millennial, right? This idea that millennials are making less. Oh, I'm hitting my mic. Millennials are making less money. Millennials are, you know, things are getting more expensive. Um, they're more into like working gig economy. Yeah. Like, you know, I, like I think I just read um, people my age are like somewhat like 15% behind financially where my parents would have right. been at their age. Um, do you think that that would have anything to do with it? Or do you think that's just more a bit of like, just stuff that's being said. Look, you know, there's there's symptoms that come from, you know, launching a business takes an mm-hmm. incredible amount of energy, an incredible amount of self-belief, uh, a lot of faith, um, and the willingness to fail. You know, I, I think you, mm-hmm. that's the beauty of capitalism. It, it Capitalism, um, what I just call kind of biblical capitalism as a kind of umbrella term, which is essentially mm-hmm. looking at the system that's that's proven to be the best. Okay, I'm not saying capitalism mm-hmm. perfect, but when you look at the last mm-hmm. three or four hundred years, and you look, man, what's the best system that is going mm-hmm. to engage people to the point where they will um, put in work and do effort mm-hmm. for some kind of return, and somehow that gets distributed through the free market mm-hmm. to lift people out of poverty? Well, every honest review of the last few hundred years would tell you that capitalism is the number one system. Okay. Is it mm-hmm. perfect? Absolutely not. Um, so, and the, I feel like the, the crux of capitalism is competition. Competition. Mm-hmm. And you think about competition in sports, right? It makes 
sport mm-hmm. better. Pick your sport. Right. right? All the right. way back from mm-hmm. Roger Bannister, I think it was, breaking the four-minute mile. When he broke it, mm-hmm. it just kept getting mm-hmm. broken. So competition creates right. breakthrough. Breakthrough mm-hmm. lifts all the other athletes to be better at what they do. Overlay that in mm-hmm. business, okay? I've got mm-hmm. five restaurants in a row, and they're all competing to, you know, sell me a hamburger. Um, what's going to make that hamburger better? It's going to be competition. Um, competition mm-hmm. drives prices down which ultimately helps the middle and lower class classes. You know, I love hearing these kind of work socialist kind of redistribution of wealth mm-hmm. type people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we, mm-hmm. we need to look after, you know, the poor. The best way to look after the poor is number one, create a lot of rich people because right. rich people employ right. people. <laughs> right. And then right. allow competition to thrive, to bring prices down. Mm-hmm. So everything is more affordable. So those are right. some of the things that, that are misnomers around how the capitalist system mm-hmm. works. And when you overlay biblical principles into the capitalist system, you have probably the best thing this side of heaven, right? Right. So. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that. What was it recently? Amazon announced that they're going to just pay for college yeah. for, I think, anyone that works for them that wants to Not go. only that, the um, best benefit package, um, 20, right. 25 bucks an hour. Paying for two years mm-hmm. of college, twenty five. My first job was five ninety five an hour. Oh yeah, you know, and like to think that I'm much older than that, you. I think I'm yeah, I don't know what else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. just just think about okay. So the the government has you know people the the they they want good intentions for government, but the reality is mm-hmm. government things don't function well. They do a few things well. Mm-hmm. I want law and order, although that's under attack at the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. You know the right. military. Um, I need some mm-hmm. services, right? You know, we need roads and we need mm-hmm. uh, electricity and we need internet and these kind of things that mm-hmm. that are kind of services to allow society. They're like rails for us to run on. Um, mm-hmm. But when we when the government starts trying to do what the private sector does better, so in the Amazon case, mm-hmm. you know, we can we can tax more to give stuff away to people that are uh, that are in need. Or we can get the free market to thrive and, right. and have this incredible competitive marketplace. So Amazon versus Walmart versus Target, talking about US here, but pick any Western democracy. When competition mm-hmm. thrives, it does all these incredible things. And so you've got a company like Amazon, mm-hmm. maybe they're noble enough in, in their leadership to want to pay for college, or maybe they were forced mm-hmm. to because of the free market forces that made them right. have to compete for labor. Right. Okay. Right. Doesn't matter. Right. It, it worked. Yep. It yep. happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, it, let's let's go into this next um, this next uh, part of the conversation because I think what you're talking about sounds um, well. It sounds really, especially like hearing you talk, knowing that you founded a company that you've built it in a really short amount of time. It probably doesn't feel like a really short amount of time for you, yeah. but in the grand scheme of things, yeah. right, it, it's a pretty short amount of time. Um, and I think when we talk about things like capitalism and when we talk about things like um, free market and building as a way to, again, spread our faith, build the kingdom, but also empower other people to do the same, yeah. um, it sounds really glamorous, right? Um, yeah. We live in this world now where everyone wants to be a founder, you know, um, my Twitter bio, my Instagram bio, like it's, it's the thing, you know, you go on and everybody's on this podcast. Exactly. It's great. Exactly. Absolutely. And we want, we, we want that. We want that. We want more. That's what we're all about. 
but I think oftentimes there's this um, kind of bit of a space between wanting to do it and then the people that have done it and said, maybe this isn't exactly what you thought that it would be, right? Or maybe a, Look, a, a bit more difficult. Always the case, you know, and mm-hmm. I would say if you're, um, if you want to start a business or you want to be a business owner, you, you almost like you don't expect to fail, but you've got to welcome the failure because that is always part of the journey to the hit. Like you're going to keep mm-hmm. swinging. You're going to keep missing, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Jordan, like, you know, he missed more three pointers to win mm-hmm. than he made. Well, we remember all then the he made, ones he right. made, but, and mm-hmm. so I think that it's the mindset. And this goes back to our last conversation around millennial giving and millennial church attendance. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you willing to fail and, mm-hmm. and not, you know, the millennial and the, the Gen X's and Y's, and I, I get them all mixed up, but there was this trophy for everyone period of time, mm-hmm. which again mm-hmm. comes back to the competition mm-hmm. thing, right? So when you don't compete mm-hmm. and there's not a winner and you put everyone mm-hmm. on the same level and you think, well, you know, we don't want to, we don't want little Johnny to feel bad that he lost. So let's give him a participation right. trophy. You know, right. You, you, right. You, you grow up a little bit and you find out there's no particip- participation trophies in life. Mm-hmm. There's winners and losers, mm-hmm. as harsh as that sounds. Mm-hmm. And you either mm-hmm. allow that to shape you to go again, to get up, dust off. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to learn from this mm-hmm. mistake and, and have another go. Um, or sometimes it's okay to say, you know what? I'm not supposed to be a creator or a founder. I'm supposed to go and help someone mm-hmm. else who's creating and founding. That's fine Do too. That. Right? Yep. It goes back mm-hmm. to the biblical understanding of gifts and talents and God distributed mm-hmm. those. It, it seems randomly and discover what you're good mm-hmm. at. You know, become really good at it and you'll generally do pretty well mm-hmm. in life. But this, this mm-hmm. whole idea is, is bundled in the same mindset. Um, so we've dumbed down winning. Winning mm-hmm. is almost, it's a dirty word, you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. that, that has to go. Um, mm-hmm. I tell you who's not afraid mm-hmm. to win is Silicon Valley. Silicon right. Valley is not afraid right. to win, you know, they're, yeah. they're making yeah. billion dollar bets every day and. At right. least half of them to three quarters of them lose, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. not. And some of them are reminding. Some of them are reminding their staff. So it was at the Coinbase CEO that basically came out yeah. and said, "Okay, we're done. We're not a. We're not a. We're not. Yeah, we're not a. Um, a nonprofit organization. We're not a social justice cause. Yep. We're a business. We're not a family. We're a team, and teams are created yep. to win. We keep the politics um, out of work. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, this is. Let's not. Um, have this like misunderstanding about why we're all and i think five why we're all of the people left but he had all these mm-hmm. people want to come join him because that's the that, exactly they wanted to work with, so. yeah right exactly uh, yeah. yeah yeah um so with that like i guess with that idea um let's talk for a second about obviously this the whole point of this podcast is really just not just inspiring but helping yep. people um maybe take those steps whether it's to start a first business whether it's to maybe take the next step and scale the business, the little side hustle that they've been doing on the side. What does it look like to fully put everything into that? Um, let's talk about like, I, I suppose like first principles. Yep. Okay. Yep. So when you started your company, um, I think a lot of times, and I know that I have fallen into this trap of like, I, I want to start a company. So I'm going to start a company. What's a good company I can start and what's something that I can right. do um, as opposed to, okay, what's, what's, the problem that I'm trying to solve. What's the like the first principle uh, foundation of what exactly is it is that I'm trying to do? So, what was that like for you yeah. um, when you started? So, um, little side thing. Um, 
as an entrepreneur, you want to be learning. Podcasts are a great way. I would recommend This Week in Startups by a guy called Jason Calacanis. Mm-hmm. He's a serial mm-hmm. angel investor. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't know what an angel investor is, companies, especially in tech, are started with you know family and friends first, which is how I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some mm-hmm. early kind of angel investor, someone who you don't know comes along, look at your, you know, your MVP, your, you know, your minimum viable mm-hmm. product and says, you know, this could be something bigger. Here's 50K, here's mm-hmm. 100K. Go and, mm-hmm. you know, go and kind of flush this out, find your product market fit. So, mm-hmm. so if you want to mm-hmm. learn, I've learned most of what I know. Like I was in ministry for mm-hmm. nearly 30 years. And so, you mm-hmm. know, my expertise, if you will, was around church. The mm-hmm. business of church, church life, how church functions. Mm-hmm. But I did it for 30 years, um, which goes back to mm-hmm. my kind of one of my first principles around business success. I think if you're an expert in something or you know more than everybody else about a particular thing, that leads mm-hmm. you to do what you just talked about is discover the problem that you want to solve, right? Mm-hmm. So um, just like working out what is the blockage, what is the friction, what is the problem in some product or service mm-hmm. And how am I going to remove the problem, lessen the friction, and create an opportunity for something to solve problems that people have every day? So look at businesses from, you know, the last 20, 30 years. Look at Uber. So the problem was in, mm-hmm. in these big cities, you couldn't find a taxi cab, right, in New York. So, mm-hmm. you know, that guy mm-hmm. comes along and he's like, you know, here's an app, order a car, it's here in 10 minutes. Everybody like, no mm-hmm. way, this is not going to work. Look at every successful business in tech. In, in services, in, in any kind of real industry, um, and they solved a, a big problem. You know, look, Robin Hood mm-hmm. is kind of one of my mm-hmm. favorites in the last few years, right? right. Um, institutional, mm-hmm. I got to have a Charles Schwab account. I got to have a Morgan Stanley mm-hmm. broker. I got to have all this and really has mm-hmm. given wave to, you know, the retail investment revolution of the last three yeah. years. Yeah. You can argue whether it's been good or not and whether crypto is good or whatever, <laughs> but right. look at the problem that he solved and, and then the, the, right. the, the fix was basically trading any stock just about around the world for pennies. Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. beginning. So if you're sitting there thinking, man, I love mm-hmm. sub business. I'm a young guy, you know, have some skills. Maybe I went to college for X. Maybe, you know, I'm not doing what I went to college for. Um, I think mm-hmm. spending, spending your twenties becoming an expert in something isn't mm-hmm. going to set you up for doing something in your thirties, you're probably going to fail a couple of times in your thirties. And by your late thirties, mm-hmm. forties, mm-hmm. you're probably going to hit, hit, hit something. So that's like, oh man, I'm like 20 and I want to go and, you know, do there's exceptions to every rule, of course, but right. my observation is that's the journey. Let not that not be discouraging though, because the, uh, right. the prize is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing, patience. I always, you know, when I'm talking to, I'm not, old by any means, but I'm 35. I've been kind of doing what I'm doing for, you know, about 12 years. And, um, that literally the only thing, any good opportunity I've found myself in the middle of has literally been just from being patient and not leaving something too soon. You know, I was like, I was like to tell, especially like younger guys talking about career. I'm like, look, sometimes you just like stay where you're at and learn everything that you can. Um, and like you do that over the course of five, six, seven, eight years, um, it's kind of crazy what you, um, what you hold on to, Yeah, yeah. you know? And I think it's, it. What, what I've done anyways, as a young guy, being able to be around a, a lot of people who have built very successful businesses is not even so much specific tactical things. It's more like, how do they think? Yeah. How do they think? How do they approach things? How do they handle conversations and situations? Yeah. Um, 
and almost just by being around it, I've at least I like to think I've somewhat. Oh learned, yeah, learned, well, it's by osmosis, you know? man. It's probably been my number one form of learning. You know, getting yep. around successful people, um, not talking too much, listening more, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and you know, staying in things that you don't like for a little bit to see. And then the, mm-hmm. you know, there's this God layer to everything, right? For us, we mm-hmm. like, what's God showing mm-hmm. me? What's God teaching me? What can I learn from that? person they might be an immoral person they might be someone of no values or no faith even and you're mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. god's got me here right now i'm going to learn xyz because they're successful at xyz what can i take from that mm-hmm. always put it through the filter mm-hmm. of kind of the kingdom and you know how we're supposed to live as christians mm-hmm. here in the new testament uh, and and basically at the kind of right moment when the door opens for the next opportunity take that but you're right too many people mm-hmm. leave something too early instead of sticking through for that extra six months, 12 months, maybe two or three years and getting a bunch mm-hmm. of knowledge because God's put you there for a reason. And then, you know, really mm-hmm. when the doors open, just barge through them and go to the next thing. But yeah. every situation's a learning opportunity, right? I mean, mm-hmm. everyone great says mm-hmm. that. They're, they find themselves in these mm-hmm. like dark kind of moments where you're like, oh God, am I ever going to get through this? But yeah. God's doing something you're not always understanding. So, Yeah. Yeah. And it's not until you get to the opposite side of it that you go, oh, wow, that makes, yeah. that makes a lot of sense, Oops. you know? So, um, so, so let's, let's, let's talk about this. So, um, we were kind of looking at this and we can put this in the show notes of just this startup checklist, um, yeah. online and, and there's, there's some, some really interesting thoughts on it, but I think one of the big things, and I would love to just hear your perspective on, uh, kind of just first question, right? Like, are you solving a problem that has personal relevance? So when we're talking about, um, starting ideas, businesses, mm-hmm. what, um, what are some ways that people should be thinking? Yep. Like, for example, when you kind of came up with this concept for Tithely, were you just sitting there going, I want to start a business. I got to come up with an idea to start a business. Or did you just say, no, this is a problem that's right in front of that's me it. and I need to come up with a solution? for me. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so that I would say, what's a problem that you face? And if you're mm-hmm. facing a problem, the chances are pretty good that other people are facing that problem. So here was my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, giving online was very difficult. So if we go all the way back, early internet, uh, you had things like authorized.net and, and early kind of credit card processing. Um, and, you know, I had a giving website giving button on on the church website all the way back in the late 90s was it mm-hmm. was it easy no was it clean and simple no were people using it no and then a few things mm-hmm. happened the iphone came out and the app store came out i always tell the story you know i remember downloading the starbucks app and going and putting my credit card in the app which like at mm-hmm. the time everyone said not to do because there was like oh they're going to steal all mm-hmm. your money i'm like you want yeah i'm yep. just going to give it a try i trusted yeah, yeah. so i put, I put yep. it in I went to Starbucks and I, and I said, I'll have that, you know, vanilla, ice vanilla latte, and uh, which is my drink of choice at the time. And the girl's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? I'm like, I want to pay for the app. She's like, I don't know how to do that. And I said, ring it up <laughs> and let me see if this barcode works. And it did. And mm-hmm. the ticket pops up and the drink, she's like, wow. And that was when I had that thought. You know, I, tr- I, tried, to, mm-hmm. I tried all these online giving solutions for church and that, that were struggling. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just paid for a co- coffee in like, you know, five seconds. I saw, yeah, oh, man, church giving. How that yeah. easy? That was the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember um, working at a church in Bible college, and we were really excited because we got the uh, like 
the giving swipe stations in the lobby, right? And we were like, oh, this is going to completely change the game. And we got to like little ATM stuff. And and then it was just like they just sat and collected dust. You know what I mean? It was like what everyone thought the solution was going to be, but nobody was nobody was doing it. And because like so you look at like an ATM, you think, oh, it's just going to work like an ATM. The the shift Mm -hmm. in in payments right? And I'm talking just mm-hmm. not just in, you know, what, what I do, but broadly is mobile changed mm-hmm. payments. And, and initially mm-hmm. what happened was, is that people had this thing in their hand, this device in their hand and mobile commerce in the early days was slow to take off. But if you could mm-hmm. see the trends and experience it, you had this sense of like, this thing is going to transform. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. maybe look this up in, in, on the Google machine, but What's the percentage mm-hmm. of Amazon mm-hmm. purchases that are on mobile? Yeah. I bet you it's above 50%. I know like from Black Friday mm-hmm. on into Christmas, it's massive. Yep. So trillions of dollars are now flowing through the phone mm-hmm. every, you know, every year. So when I kind of had this idea mm-hmm. where giving should be this, it should be mobile first. All I was doing mm-hmm. was solving a really big problem. Um, we solved two really big things, mm-hmm. uh, recurring giving, two clicks. So I want to, I want to give X and I want to do it first mm-hmm. and 15th because that's when I get mm-hmm. paid. And I, I just want to forget about it. That was, mm-hmm. I couldn't set that right. up to save my life with the technology before uh, the iPhone and, and companies like Stripe that we build a top of. Uh, and then I can give anywhere, anytime. And mm-hmm. a pastor's kind of dreams that everyone comes to church every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> the reality is that doesn't happen. Right. You're lucky. Right. To so, right. you know, now it, like, even if I'm not there, I can give you, we solve those two problems, which is kind of the, the foundation. So back to the application, mm-hmm. what are you, what pain are you feeling around mm-hmm. some product or service that you use? Do you, mm-hmm. can you overlay some expertise on top of that? Right. And you might not have experience, but mm-hmm. you can go learn it. Everything mm-hmm. is available for free to learn now. That's a fact. So you can go and find mm-hmm. a YouTube video. Yep. You can find a Harvard course. You can go and find any mm-hmm. information mm-hmm. you need about anything. Right? Mm-hmm. You can go and let that microphone you're oh, using. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I could probably find courses on how to build that. I could probably, mm-hmm. right? There's there's nothing I can't learn about and mm-hmm. become maybe not an expert mm-hmm. right away, but mm-hmm. over a period of time, I can get mm-hmm. really good, right, at right. making microphones if if that was what I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. So there's no barrier to entry. The only barrier to mm-hmm. entry is maybe fear, laziness, like you, like. You know, if, if I'm afraid and I'm, I'm kind of lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, those are big barriers. It doesn't matter what I do. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not prepared to get up every mm-hmm. day and work my butt off and do 60, 70, 80 hours a week. You, you're probably not going to win because there's Doing a guy that. next door right. who's willing to do right. that. He's going to be right. You, right. <laughs> so, you know, but so there's no mm-hmm. barrier to entry. Everything is possible. So what are you passionate about? What problems do you face that you think you could solve? Can you become expert in those things? Those are the foundational things that if you want to create a business. When you first created this and you, I mean, I know you, you kind of trialed it, um, in your church and a few other churches. Did you get a a lot of pushback at the beginning where pastors like, um, I think there's this idea of persistence, right? Right. Like, like I I assume early on there had to have been moments where you're like, what have I done? I've totally, I've totally missed it here because this is not, you know. Yeah. You know, here's the problem with being ahead of the curve right. is you're ahead of the curve and no one's there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. you're too far ahead. Right. So, um, go back to dot com era, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. There was a company called Webvan. 
and it was wow. online mm-hmm. grocery delivery, 2000. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. exploded. It's worth nothing. It, it failed. So fast forward 20 years, right? Instacart, right? So, so it like Webvan had this idea for mm-hmm. food delivery, grocery mm-hmm. delivery, and it, they were just too early. The mm-hmm. technology wasn't there, the speed, the mobile, all this stuff. You know, I, I, I have the privilege of going back between two locations and, you know, I land in LA and I literally, um, you know, I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've already checked in with my phone. Mm-hmm. I've got on the plane with my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm on the internet on my phone and I go to Instacart on my phone mm-hmm. and I order all my groceries by the time I land. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my Uber on my phone and that's waiting for me at the curb. And then on the way home, I order, mm-hmm. I'm hungry. So I order Chipotle right. to arrive. Right. And then it's after I arrive home mm-hmm. and I've done these 16 mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that were impossible 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, and then my groceries turn up, you know, after I've had my mm-hmm. burrito and life is good. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's where we're living now. Um, so you want to be right. ahead, but you don't want to be too ahead. And so when, you know, when we've built and Barn, my kind of older son, he, he built the first, he's the co-founder of our company and he built the first application that was very rudimentary. Um, that still today, we're just upgrading mm-hmm. that basic first giving. Wow. App, wow. And we've done billions of dollars on that early app. Uh, you're going to be very robust. Um, but you know, it's like, you know, I, th- we were just far enough ahead to where a year or two later, mm-hmm. um, things started to catch up and, mm-hmm. and people started to kind of see the mm-hmm. brainchild of, of what that could be for church economics. And then, you know, that was really, it was a timing thing. Um, mm-hmm. we were, the technology was mm-hmm. available. We were mm-hmm. on the bleeding mm-hmm. edge of that tech. I, I got to say at the time. Uh, so the tech caught up. The kind of perception of of that product market fit, mm-hmm. you know, is this mm-hmm. product going to fit within the market? Like, are church leaders going to mm-hmm. uh, engage a solution that puts mm-hmm. mobile apps on mm-hmm. members' phones so they can give? Right. That was the first thing. Now you can mm-hmm. listen to sermons and do the bulletin and the whole mm-hmm. thing. That's you know, five six years later. But the early problem that we solved um, was just enough ahead, and the top technology was right mm-hmm. there for us yeah. to be able to. Well, yeah, because I mean, it it wave, it. So to speak. Oh, kind of automatically took a bit of pressure off the pastor saying this five minutes of every service is my one shot, right? Like, like my one shot to say what I need to say to, to compel people to give why they should give. And it kind of now it's like a, it's like, it's almost like, Hey, here's this new tool, but also here's a kind of a whole new way to think about, um, what giving looks like. Yeah. Well, because I, Mm -hmm. I understood the business of church, understood that most of the revenue of a church comes once mm-hmm. a week and in mm-hmm. a five minute slot. If you're lucky, if the guy leading the thing is willing right. to even mm-hmm. broach the subject of giving and has offering, maybe brings a, an exhortation mm-hmm. from the Bible, maybe brings a testimony, maybe just, just focuses on a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, but it's still once or twice a mm-hmm. week, right? I got one or two services. I got one go. If it's the 4th of July and you know, everyone's out of town, mm-hmm. there goes 50% of my revenue. Mm-hmm. Like, so I knew that mm-hmm. intimately because I knew how the business of church works. That comes back to me saying, become an expert in something. Mm-hmm. I was an expert mm-hmm. in knowing how church worked. So I mm-hmm. saw all the pain points and I saw all the problems and thought, well, if I solve this, this, and this, if I solve like people giving with their phone, now I don't care if they're in church. I'll solve re- recurring giving setup. Now it doesn't matter. Do I want them in church? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but you start solving those problems. And I only knew those problems because I knew how it worked. 
And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, uh, th- those are things. And that's what you've got to keep applying to your business. Okay. What mm-hmm. are the problems facing the consumer? What are the problems, con- you know, facing the business? Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if I keep solving those in a way that's simple and maybe beautiful and that works really well, um, mm-hmm. that's when you're going to start get, getting traction for your product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. I think, um, yeah. So, Lastly, and I guess I'm just going to put you on the spot here. You know, we talk about being an expert. I know we're going to spend a lot of time talking about expert, being an expert in specific yep. things, right? The whole goal is that, like, we want to help people learn um, to yep. to think about business, to think about entrepreneurship. Um, and so we're going to do a lot of that. But I guess, broadly speaking, if I was to say, okay, Dean, um, yep. we're talking to, like, you know, the 25-year-old youth pastor who wants to start a business on the side and he, he wants to do ministry and business, or maybe it's, you know, the 20... 28 or 30 year old yeah. guy or girl who's in their church and they feel called to build a business. Um, what would you say are a couple of like broad things they need to yep. try and become experts in? So is that like, sales? Is it web yeah. three? Is it marketing? Listing, is it communication? Yeah. Is it, so you're listing all the big ones. I don't right? know. Finance. Um, like what, what would you, you say? Know, sales and marketing were probably all my strength. I couldn't mm-hmm. cope to save my life. So I had a co-founder who knew how to build the first product. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. A, what are your skill sets? Mm-hmm. What are you good mm-hmm. at? Mm-hmm. What you're not good at, go and find someone who's good at and partner, partner mm-hmm. with them and give them a chunk of the business and make them a co-founder. Um, it's always mm-hmm. better to have two, three or four co-founders than one person mm-hmm. trying to do everything because you're greedy and trying to hold onto the whole pie. Um, what I learned early on is I'd rather own mm-hmm. half of something or a mm-hmm. quarter of something that could be 10x, 100x what I could do my own than own all of the pie. So I got this million dollar pie. Mm-hmm. Would I rather be the owner of a million dollar mm-hmm. pie or 10% owner right. of a billion dollar pie? Pretty easy, right? So that's why you need co-founders. Um, right. And you want those co-founders right. to kind of right. uh, uh, dovetail mm-hmm. in your skill set and expertise. So if you're good with money, you're good with numbers, you've done accounting, you've done, mm-hmm. you've got some business stuff, you're great at Excel, like that's, you're good. You need a salesperson, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you're, if you're an engineer who knows how to build mm-hmm. things, you need mm-hmm. someone who know, can mm-hmm. go out into the marketplace and stir it all up and start developing beers, right? So uh, definitely getting someone mm-hmm. alongside you. Um, mm-hmm. look, look at, look at, um, all the companies that have been mm-hmm. successful in the last 20 or 30 years. Look at Home Depot, two founders, right? Mm-hmm. L- look at, look at Apple, two founders, mm-hmm. right? So there's, mm-hmm. there's always this, mm-hmm. um, you know, one equals mm-hmm. one, one and two equals mm-hmm. 10. That's the power of partnership and, and you've got to have a piece of the action. You've got to slice off mm-hmm. some equity and say, Hey, you know, let's do this mm-hmm. together. And then everyone's working really hard. Sometimes the founders don't stay, you know, um, mm-hmm. sometimes there's one that's more passionate and one moves on. That's, that's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, never mm-hmm. burn a bridge, always, you know, allow people to live well at, at whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. But yeah, I, I would, I would definitely f- know what you're good at, know what you're not good at partner with people who are good at things that, you know, that you're not, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a pretty good place to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what would you say? And I think maybe we, we can do a really, I think an episode alone on this would be great, but I guess as we close, talk about the mm-hmm. difference between passion mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, skill, right? Cause there are things that I yeah. love, right? Uh, I moved yeah. to Los Angeles to be a screenwriter because I really love it. And then I learned after a few years, I was just not a skill that I right. had. And as much as I wanted to develop it, I probably right. wouldn't ever get to the point yeah. Yeah. where people are paying me to write screenplays, right? Um, so 
talk about, I guess, again, same, same, same kind of person, the difference between yeah. passion and skill. Sometimes they overlap. Sometimes they don't. Um, mm. we always hear, yeah. follow your heart, follow your passion, do what you love. Well, following your heart is um, and okay, that, that to me is feeling a bit overrated to a marketplace where people want what you're passionate about. <laughs> you can be passionate about a lot of stuff, but if people could care less, right, like, it's right. going to be you and your passion, man. And you go and have fun with that. So look, do you need passion? Sure. Um, yeah, I think the number one thing yep. is, is there a market for what I'm selling? Right. So that's the beauty of a marketplace. Mm -hmm. A marketplace, mm -hmm. a true marketplace, and we're getting back to my little, you know, mm -hmm. kind of capitalism high horse here. A true marketplace is a level playing field where people mm -hmm. can come mm -hmm. with their ideas and the market decides, are those ideas good ideas? So I'm going to use those ideas. I'm going to use that product or service mm -hmm. and that's going to make it successful mm -hmm. or fail. So I, before passion and skill, both are important, need skills, mm -hmm. need passion. Um, is there a market for what I'm selling? And mm -hmm. so, okay, there's 350,000 churches in America, mm -hmm. $120 billion is given a year to the churches, and most of it was cash and check when I started. Boom, marketplace, okay? Um, I want to go and, you know, mm -hmm. pick a, pick a mm -hmm. product, go and sell right. whatever. Do, are people going to want this? Um, that's the first thing. And mm -hmm. then, sure, mm -hmm. make sure you're passionate. Not too passionate mm -hmm. where you can't change course, right? So, in, and I've changed courses mm -hmm. many times. Um, like right. you, mm -hmm. you know, decide you're passionate about something mm -hmm. and followed the dream and you're running into some roadblocks. And so you're like, you know, I need to redirect here. Uh, and so, so passion mm -hmm. is great. Blind passion to keep doing things that mm -hmm. you could have stopped. Not good. Uh, and obviously I think the skills these mm -hmm. days are the easy bit. Just go and learn what you got to learn. You absorb the knowledge you need to absorb. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of that on the way. I'm a big believer in get moving. Um, you know, work out my product mm -hmm. market fit, w work out what the market mm -hmm. wants or doesn't want for my product, and then mm -hmm. use my drive and my passion to, you know, put fuel in my mm -hmm. tank every morning and wake up and go chase it. And then whatever problem I'm facing, I'm just going to learn how to fix it on the way. That, that's kind of how mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. some people are different. Um, you know, they want to go and read the manual. Mm -hmm. I go, I start mm -hmm. building it <laughs> and then go back to the manual when I run into a run. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. how I do it. Well, hey, this was this was awesome. Um, I'm excited to keep diving into so Absolutely. much more of this, and even just talking about stuff happening yep. in in the business world. Again, like you said, we're going to be having some interviews of all different kinds of people. Absolutely. Um, so, thanks for listening to the Kings and Priests podcast. Do us a huge favor, subscribe in iTunes, on on Spotify, on YouTube, all of the different platforms. We're going to be on all of those. Follow us on social Enjoy media, it. and we'll see you right back here next week. Uh,